which way the wind blows when this day is done. Good morning. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW, I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Like this show. Like this show. This is an activity every Friday. Lifting my spirits. Mm -hmm. But I do have to say something didn't lift my spirits. <gasps> do we even dare say something? When I got off, the, I got on the freeway oh. from Stanwood, it was one lane. Sorry. Didn't see that coming. I accept full responsibilities. Really? No. I, I don't think anybody really knew. <laughs> just like, okay, but you know what? When you, you got through that? Yeah. Smooth sailing. No, yeah. There was yeah. no one on the road. So I think we should do it every Friday, but I should get through <laughs> it before it happens. So they are going to start or end, depending on your schedule. I think right before wow. Mount Vernon, they should do it. <laughs> I don't think they have a choice. It's just on where they need to help the area in question. But traffic after that was amazing. All right. Well, I'll get you the hotline for DOT. Sweet. So. I'm, next time, <laughs> I'm going to call them. Well, Dina's coming. Everyone to the side. <laughs> right? Well, today we're going to do something different. I'm doing training wheels. I call it training wheels because, uh, like, Jeannie took a show over for me mm -hmm. because I get really busy, and she does the first Friday from Kauai, which is kind of fun. Um, I have Lauren... Laura Elfline with me this morning, and you're going to learn how to do a radio show. <laughs> Aren't you excited? I am excited. And she was you've been on the show three times. At, at, at least. least. Yeah. She's yeah, pretty yeah. much already tossed the training wheels. That's why I said, point. you know, you know, you, you can do way around. this. Well, I've never run the show, though. That's a little different than oh, just responding to your amazing energy. Well, let's get this party started. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Laura Elfline, and I uh, own Mighty House Construction and Mighty Energy Solutions, two companies that really focus on sustainable building actions um, and helping homeowners transform their homes with new innovative solutions that just make them feel good. And um, I also have a big volunteer capacity with the Northwest Eco Building Guild, and that has primarily been my presence on this show. And that's, I love you guys. I really do. I love having you on the show. And you do a lot of events. And we do at least one right before the summit. Or it used to be called 10 by 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now it's called the Slam and Summit here in Seattle. You've had a group on. A group, a group of people with on with you. A group on. <laughs> Usually not group ons, but <laughs> okay. yes. And that was fun. And today your co-host is? Terry Phelan with Living Shelter Architects. Hi, thanks for having me on. And what do you do, Terry? Um, well, I am an architect, so I have a small business in Issaquah uh, that focuses on green design. Laura and I know each other through our work and our volunteer activities with the Northwest Eco Building Guild. And I've um, been, been in business since 1992 and do a lot of fun stuff with uh, healthy materials, natural materials. Straw bale homes are one of the things that I got known for back in the 90s. Tell me about straw bales. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's basically building the exterior walls of usually a house of bales of straw. So you get two foot thick walls that are super energy efficient and you know, all natural materials. Um, that's an annually um, renewable building material because you know, it's basically the stocks from grain. And um, we teach people how to do that on their own homes. So we teach workshops. And that's about 
five percent of our work is in in that particular type of construction. Is that for farms or just for houses? I don't know. I've never heard of that. That's why I love having you guys on the show because you talk about wool. Mm-hmm. It's the coolest thing now. And I see uh, sheep. Is it sheep? <laughs> Differently. Yes. Flooring yeah. and, and insulation. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that I love to learn about. Yeah. Yeah. And straw bale is often homes. And um, I think more over in eastern Washington than in western Washington. But, um, or, you know, more in drier climates. But it happens. They occur in both places. You just have to know how to do it right. Yep. And that's what Terry and her crew (laughs) can teach you. So why green? Why sustainable? Why all that? Oh, my gosh. Why would you do what you do? So many reasons. Why why wouldn't you do green? In this day and age when the climate is changing and the health of people is so, you know, on... On display, um, the health of the environment, the health of people. A lot of building materials make people sick, so we are focusing on making places healthy. And gosh, why not have? Why not build for energy efficiency? Well, some people don't. <laughs> and right? I don't understand. I just don't understand. I why. think the lack yeah. of uh, information, and they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I used to be one of those people. I didn't know. You know, I used to do Chemlon, Believe it or not. And now I I don't have a lawn. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the trickier things about, I think, our industry is that people grow up seeing certain things, seeing their family have certain things and their grandparents and other community members um, in their worlds, you know, living in a house in a certain style, using certain products, living in that house. And they think, well, they're healthy, they're normal, but they don't see the accumulation going on in our bodies. And we're definitely at a much more critical point of toxic accumulation in our bodies and in our food supply than we've ever been before. And that's making substantial changes across the board in the environment to our human health and um, building and making sure our homes, a place that we are spending more and more time within is a healthy place that we can really relax and regenerate is super important. You know, I have met several builders who are now building green who didn't used to, and the reason they went over to building green is they started experiencing chemical toxicity Mm -hmm. because they're exposed to it all the time. So they made that decision for their own health and then realized how much it also impacted everyone else. Maybe that's it. Someone has to get sick or something. And then you start researching and you wonder what it is. And for me, it was mold. Mm-hmm. And then, or uh, I'm, I'm like the canary, so I don't even want carpet. Because brand new carpet, the old days, it was all uh, with glue. And I don't like to go to a new gym when it opens because of the plastics. Right. There, it's just so many things I can't do. So that's how I learned. And then, then now I get to help other people learn that even though you're not the canary, it still affects you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I have to bring up a story on Facebook, <laughs> only because I saw it yesterday really quick. I usually don't watch the whole thing, but it's a, a farmer, I want to say in Australia, that grows bananas. And he went back to having the bugs, went back to the whole thing. He researched every bug and every whatever their job was, and he realized they all had a purpose. And here he's killing them all and having these bananas, but they're not 
edible, really. We shouldn't be eating them. And it took them three years to get back to doing amazing work with these bananas. And they're dipped in reds. So maybe look on Facebook oh, okay. for it. But I love the story how he was a failure for two years. And everyone thought he was crazy. And now he's teaching people how to do bananas that will make you healthier instead of, you know, you eat a banana that looks like a banana, but it's actually toxic. So I looked it up. It's actually uh, Anna and Michael Coughlin. Uh, they adopted a holistic approach to uh, cattle farming over the 20 years, right? Woo, woo. Cattle farming or well, bananas? Doing, well, <laughs> well, there's one. There's cattle, too, in Australia. So they're doing it as well. Well, So it's all part of the same yeah. green formation. And going back to nature is perfect. It knows exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Don't try to make it better. Now I'm going to look exactly. up the banana story. Okay. There, please do. <laughs> red bananas. Or go to my Facebook page. I had to share Red it. bananas? They have tip, tipped in red, so it tells the what? story. that they, Just go to wow. Facebook. I just have to do a shout-out because right. lately I have been down. It's really, there's so much that we could get involved in right now because it's, it's coming down on us. And it's so important that we take a stand on something. So your house your office, the place you spend all your time, the place where your kids are playing in your yard. Right now, it's like if you're driving down the road and you don't know about this stuff, you can make small changes. <clears throat> and that's what you guys are all about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Education is the key, really. Um, uh, Education is a big piece of what we do as, uh, in our firm as architects. Uh, when we start working with a new client, one of the first things we do is, is help them understand the importance of making good decisions around materials and and also building smaller and you know building in a way that you know will leave something for somebody else and gosh if you have a smaller house you have less to clean <laughs> you have less to heat um, you save lots of money you, so you can go va- on vacation yeah you can <laughs> find things faster yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have an opportunity to move into this big old house, and I'm looking around with a couple toilets, you know, and I'm like, I really don't want to buy more stuff because you will have to fill the house with with things, even if it's just rugs and, you know, some furniture. But I have been living so less is more. I say less is more, but Uh to drive up and go, wait, it's sunny. I can go to the beach. But before I drove up and I had to mow a lawn and clean two bathrooms and three-story build, you know, uh, vacuuming. With the dog hair everywhere. Anyway, <laughs> but it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I really think looking at life uh, simpler and, and downsizing gives you more quality time with the people you love, more time alone, exercising and doing the things you love. I just, right now, I, I feel like everyone's driving down that. I can see I-5 and I-90. Everyone stop. <laughs> Let's get Don't do it. But just stop in your life for a little bit and just ponder why you do what you do. Right. And maybe make some changes. That's what I want to do. Because I decided I want a smaller house. <laughs> Even <laughs> if I move, I still want something small where I can um, have more time to do the things I love to do. Yeah. And I think one of the things, like I get a lot of pushback from especially family <laughs> about, well, why do you need to eat organic? Or why wouldn't you use bleach? Or why should you uh, replace your carpet? And all the things that just seem like such ahas to me, you know, 10, 15 years into this industry, um, they just seem like absolutely you would not do those things or do certain things. And um, I think it just, it sort of throws people for a loop. You know, they just have experienced these consistencies throughout their life and the commercials say it's good and their parents used it, but that idea of accumulation and just um, and the different chemicals that are coming at us together and then are combining together, I think that's the thing that there isn't research on. And that's the, that's the piece that 
holding the biggest mysteries and um, that people can't always get a grasp on is these things that come at us from different directions and then are partnered up in a way that hasn't been tested. And so we don't know what the problem is. And so I say, well, why, why not just assume that it could be bad and there's this other solution readily available that's good? Why not do that? And often cheaper, long-term or short-term. Why not just do that? I just got to go back to why not bleach? Because I can't go into a hotel where they use I can smell it while I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. But I quit using bleach years ago. And now we, you know, we're taught to dip things in it at restaurants. And so I can't drink their water out of their glasses. Why not bleach? Well, bleach is a poison. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's actually what it's it's used for. That's what people. They use bleach to kill germs, but it really kills Everything. It, it kills the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. And our bodies are full of good bacteria. Um, and bleach is, is uh, it's really hard. As you said, you can smell it. Um, it's, it's hard on your, your senses. I mean, I've gotten so, yeah, if I walk by somebody in the grocery store that's bleached their clothes, I, I, you can tell. I can tell. I just can't even walk down the detergent aisle oh, in grocery I know. stores I, without I, holding I, my I, breath. <laughs> I avoid the detergent aisle on every place but, say, PCC, right. natural food store. Right. And that's yeah. pretty much, I don't go into, if I go into a big store now, I smell plastic. Mm-hmm. Everything's in plastic, and we know that plastic's not working for the environment whatsoever. But right. And I, maybe that's a bad thing. You get so healthy that you can't be around certain things. And I thought, well, maybe that's my problem. But in the end, I, when I'm in nature, I'm not having any issues. So I, I just think that we're really, um, it's not good to get used to negative, nasty things. And I know bleach doesn't go away. And we take that bleach and we put it on our the preschool. That's where I learned why I don't like it. They put it on the tables. They put it on their glasses. They bleach everything. And our kids are so sensitive to that. And so if your kids have weird allergies, I mean, this is something you take out of your house and see if those allergies go away. Yeah. And it costs less to go to the doctors if you don't have to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone said, you're the detective, Dina. Well, I, I have to figure it out. Like, I have these weird, I'll say it, hives right now, and I can't figure out what it is right now. Something's going on. So I'm going to figure out if it's the new deodorant or whatever it is, and I'm going to take it out of my life because obviously my body doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. And it could be something I have no control over. It could be something in the air. But, I, you know, mm-hmm. I can't quit breathing. But I'm going to do the best <laughs> I can to find out what's causing me to be sensitive, and then I'm going to do something about it. And I think that's what you guys, your group does, is you, you can educate people, and they can come in with this, like, glaze off out with the glaze, I think, because they're like, wow, there's so much I have to do to make changes, but we can do small things. Mm-hmm. And just, like, not having the bleach, carpet, why wouldn't you want carpet in your house? Oh, <laughs> so many reasons. <laughs> Have you ever pulled up an old carpet? It's disgusting. I learned early on in, in my shift to green design that a carpet weighs twice as much a year after you put it in, even if you vacuum every week and and. Yeah. And use HEPA filters on it. And, like, yeah. even if you have the best vacuum. Yeah, it just, it's a magnet. It looks nice on the on the surface, but there's all this dirt and dander and pet hair. And, and what if people don't take their shoes off? Yeah, and then they track, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really gross. And you think about, like, babies crawling around on it or getting down to do yoga 
or you know playing with your dog and yeah it's you want rugs that you can pull out and take outside and beat like your grandparents used to um oh, really oh. Tough stuff. and wood floors yeah and wood floors you don't have any of those problems I'll do a shout out to the American Lung Association here in Seattle chapter. They have a great program called the Master Home Environmentalist Program. It's an eight-week, uh, once-a-week program that's super intensive um, and that's free. Uh, the only thing that they ask that you do is that you become a volunteer for at least a year where you'll help other homeowners who are having problems in their home identify those problems. So they go through this whole gamut of where location and types of materials in the homes and smoking and have all these different topics. And one of them was floors and carpet in the homes. And so they had us all go to our home and use this special vacuum that really sucked up the dirt. I only had carpet in one of my bedrooms at the time, so I had limited space, but I did this. And then they sent it off for testing. And one of the gals that was doing this was from Bellingham and her her test results came back that she was basically like a toxic waste site in her home. And her family was struggling with so many allergies and so many health problems. It was just such an aha. I mean, she just immediately went and tore up all the, and she lived in this gray old home, you know, and Mm -hmm. she tore out all the carpet and I didn't, wasn't able to follow with her, but it was just such an aha. I did it too. Yeah, there's always hardwood underneath (laughs) in these old homes. It's just mind-blowing, right? Because we didn't like hardwood in the olden days, but now we love them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I had hardwood floors with my kids after I pulled up that nasty carpet. And you're right, those rugs you can pull out and or, you know, sometimes just the floor because you can sweep it and it uh-huh. stays yeah. clean. You can dance on it. <laughs> That's why Roller like skate. It. Yeah, well, well nice. You floors. can. <laughs> well, I think we'll take our first break and we'll come back and talk about the, the guild. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Stay tuned. Which way the wind blows when this day is done. Curious about whales in the Pacific Northwest? Orca Network's Langley Whale Center celebrates and shares the lives of gray whales, orcas, and other marine mammals of the Salish Sea. The Langley Whale Center is a project of Orca Network, a nonprofit that is based on Whidbey Island. The Langley Whale Center gives Orca Network the opportunity to have a public presence to share the excitement about the whales and marine mammals who are our neighbors. The Whale Center in Langley gives visitors and residents alike a chance to learn more about the endangered southern resident orcas who visit our area and about the North Puget Sound gray whales, a small unique population of gray whales who find sustenance in the waters of Saratoga Passage and Possession Sound each March through May. Check out the Orca Network and Lingley Whale Center on Facebook for the latest whale sightings, educational programs and events, or visit orcanetwork.org for more information. You'll be glad you did. Overlooking the Puget Sound, Comforts of Whidbey is a family-run winery, farm, and bed and breakfast that is a perfect place to stop, sip, and stay. They produce artesian whites from grapes grown on their farm, as well as a few Washington State Reds and two sparkling wines. Their tasting room is a relaxing setting to have a glass of wine while enjoying the tranquility of Whidbey Island. For more information and tasting hours, go to comfortsofwhitby.com or stop by for a visit. You'll be glad you did. 
Elder Bay Grocery has been locally owned and operated by the same family for over 25 years. They're located at the south end of Camano Island at the intersection of Mountain View and Elder Bay Road and is less than two miles away from the Camano Island and Cama Beach State Parks. Kara's Kitchen at Elder Bay Grocery offers burgers, local craft beers on tap, sub sandwiches, pizza, live music, and free Wi-Fi for customers to stay connected while enjoying their affordable and family-friendly dining. Stop by to refuel the car or even treat the kids to a hand-scooped ice cream cone. For more information, visit elderbaygrocery.com. That's E-L-G-E-R baygrocery.com. Or like Elder Bay Grocery on Facebook. It's always a great day at Elder Bay. Crabbing season is here. Stop by Elder Bay Grocery for all your gear you will need. They have licenses, pots, bait, and ice. Are you a beginner? Well, Elger Bay has a staff that can give you all the information you will need to get started. Happy crabbing, and see you on Camano Island. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back. This is Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie and myself, Laura Elfline, and Terry Phelan. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly what we're looking for. We were getting well the party done, well started done. again. Yeah. We're going to do a shout out, Benny. Okay, so I looked up the uh, show that you were talking about earlier about the banana farmer, and it's on ABC Landline on Facebook if you guys want to check it out. It's about um, some old banana growers, uh, Diane and Frank. Shakaya, S-C-I-A-C-C-A. I'm terrible with names, so I'll have to ask them when I interview them someday. Yeah. Uh, until then, they go back 60 years ago, so they're trying to bring back the old ways of 60 years, and oh. they bring are allowing the insects that they had once got rid of return to take care of it naturally, which is pretty All cool. Right. Mm-hmm. The way it's supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Sounds like permaculture. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking earlier when she was that's talking exactly about it. it is. Is the idea of bringing in things that help to support each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's funny when we were talking about the show last week, <clears throat> we were talking about how crazy we all are during the summertime and how we try to pack so much in. And for me personally, as a parent and business owner, you know, we're just going to the hilt every single day, all summer long. Um, one of the reasons my voice sounds like it does. I've been at too many swim meets lately, <laughs> cheering for four hours straight. It's taking a toll. It'll all be normal again in August. <laughs> but I was thinking about how in the summer we really sort of lack that support. Like we pull away from our normal routines. We pull away from all the, we're going on vacations and our friends are going on vacations. And all of a sudden we're sort of left to this crazy time and fun time but sort of by ourselves a little bit and um, how how much so many people relish the fall and getting back to their routines and having that support around them, just like plants needing their support um, in the permaculture kinds of environments. And then I was thinking about how much happier folks are with that support and having that network and, um, and how if you're, one of the ways that people are getting that 
these days is through these sort of intentional communities that they are choosing to live within. Um, and it's something that's highly on the rise as housing costs have skyrocketed, as um, people are feeling lonely and um, needing different supports and trying to figure out how to do that without having to like go to a condo or go to some, especially as they age, go to not go to some sort of retirement center kind of space. Yeah, and there's there's actually several different models of housing that can fit under the umbrella of intentional communities. I mean, there's cottage communities, which often are built by a developer and then people buy in and it's like they create their community with the other people who are living in these small clusters of of small homes. There are also people that come together really um, early and they decide they want to live together, whether it's people that already know each other that want to form community or um, people who just they know they've heard about co-housing um, or intentional communities, and they want to do it, so they they seek out other people who want to do that. Um, we've seen a rise, as you said. There's there's more and more of that going on, and um, sometimes it's in one building, sometimes it's in you know a, a rural landscape. Um, I know that there's several in the Seattle area, and right. there's new ones forming all the time. Yeah, actually. And thinking about the show today, I looked it up last night, and there's 27 either um, already going or in planning stages in Washington State. Of co-housing Of co-housing communities. communities. And that's only second to California, a much, much bigger state, where they have 56. A lot of people are moving here. Yeah. There's even (laughs) intentional co-housing communities in Kansas. (laughs) Which I was sort of surprised of. You don't necessarily always think of that in rural, in really rural areas um, that are farming communities and so forth. Well, and it can also be really small. There's this uh, new movement called Co-Buy, where you go in with maybe one other person or one other couple and buy a house and form community, uh, a small community, but still supporting each other. And making it more affordable because you're sharing the cost. We actually did that on our house when we decided to remodel. We wanted to do more than we could afford, and a friend of ours wanted to downsize. So we built an ADU. She bought into the property with us, and now we're co owning. She lives in the ADU, we live in the main house, and we take care of her dog when she's gone. Uh, she walks our dog when we're busy. Um, we have meals together uh, about once a week. Um, it's, it's actually, I didn't know that I was going to like it that much because I'm a very private person, but I feel so blessed. It's, it's great. Well, and if you take a community and they become a tribe, so you yes. have younger people with older people, maybe it's not their grandparents, but to have all ages. Mm-hmm. I, I, I realized that when I used to watch other people's kids, to have all ages, what a beautiful thing. But if in daycare, they have all the same ages. Mm-hmm. And no one actually gets to shine a little bit by helping. or So having the grandparents and then having the kids there, and again, that the extra help. Some people are trapped because they have a dog. They can't go anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. But again, in emergency purposes, like you have school, you know your kids are gone for a certain amount of time, you know, under a crunch or something you say oh my gosh I have to run to the store could you watch my kid and they say yeah 
And it's that simple. Uh-huh. You get you, you have more freedom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, for sure. I know that there's, um, you know, we were saying that sometimes it's more rural where there's a bigger piece of property maybe available. But in West Seattle, there's a co-housing community on Pigeon Point that's been around, I want to say, about 15 years, or at least it started percolating around 15 years ago. And um, and it's uh, it's really had its ebb and flows from what I've heard from different folks I've known who've lived there. And right now they even have homes within the community that are rented. But the even the renters buy into the idea of the intentional community as well, even if they're um, not buying into the actual community. They're just renting. But it's um, it's amazing. And, you know, this one father I was talking to has uh, several kids, I think three or four. And um, the stories that I was hearing about how his kids are growing up in that community so differently than my kids have grown up in our neighborhood of nuclear homes and my house doesn't face any of the other houses in this on in the neighborhood it's sort of on this arterial street and so we just have a disconnection from the rest of the neighborhood and um, it, it was really hard when they were little and I didn't have those connections in the neighborhood and I can only imagine how different it would have been maybe if I had been in his place and, and that kind of a community. And I think that's what we're lacking is that connection. And again, when I was a little, I knew everybody's house. We'd been in that house, you know, and mm -hmm. the parents knew each other. And now we're all inside and I can go ride my bike or something and no one's outside. And I don't, I know my little group of people here, but I'm sure the people that aren't leaving their houses don't know the person next to them. Right. So I think that's what's, I think, because we were seeing the event coming up, the, the, next week next week the, uh, the guild e event mm -hmm. and they they were mentioning some things that don't happen when people are actually a, a community and they actually know each other that support system is really vital especially to kids and teenagers teenagers mm -hmm. need it more probably than anybody yeah. even though they're trying to be on their own they they need that background support somebody to praise them or maybe not from their parents so you know you yeah, have this right, elderly right. person sitting there you know pondering life watching you know uh the kids play, and then you have that conversation. I guess I'm one of those now. I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> I'm like, what? I did have a conversation with a little kid the other day. Gosh darn it. I told him he didn't know how to play checkers, and then I had to find him and apologize because <laughs> he does know. But it was just me and this little kid, and then he thought he's so smart, you know, because this person who's not his parents said, you know, he's a smart kid, and he was, and I wasn't very bright. But I think those are the, the best things for kids is just that, that attention they get from someone else. And I think that's what's lacking because they're all in front of a computer. We're all um, on their phones. Oh, or, gosh. Mm -hmm. We're not connecting what, whatsoever physically anymore. Well, and architecturally speaking, they're, you know, the suburban landscape was set up. So you, know, you drive down the street, you drive in your garage, you close the garage behind you, and you go inside, and nobody sees their neighbors. You've got a fenced backyard. Nobody sits on their front porches. And there's been a, um, a a move away from that with with some of the you know the new urban communities where parking is is removed. You have chance meetings with people just walking from your car to your front porch, and everybody's front porch is large enough that it can be an outdoor living space. Hey, I had an intentional community. I went to a KOA. 
<laughs> I, I thought I was getting away to Mount Baker to get some quiet time. No, no, it was the most social thing I've done in a long time. You can hear everybody snoring. But anyways, pirate walks by. And I'm like, it's Pirate Princess Day. I'm like, woo. But it was like, wow. KOA. It was a lot of fun. You've got kids. you got to do it. But that was totally it. Everyone sat down. They started talking to the person next to them. Mm-hmm. People waved at you. You know, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Why not? So what we're going to do is talk about the event coming up. It's uh, with the Guild. And you're tell, tell everyone about the Guild. So the Northwest Eco Building Guild has been around about 25 years. I actually found an old newsletter from the early days from 1990 wow i think it was 1990 yeah anyway it was it was like definitely in the the 90s i do need to look up that date given how involved i am i really should know how long the guild's been i should i should have brought that (laughs) and terry should know she's been involved longer But the Eco Building Guild was established originally as a group of builders and architects who had this common interest, and they all wanted to learn from each other and share what the knowledge that they were gaining around green building and sustainable solutions and solar and all the different pieces that go into it. And so they started meeting, and then they started telling other people to come and learn from them and listen to the ideas and... um, they have developed over the years, and they still have these monthly education sessions, one of which is coming up next week. It's called Radical Affordable Housing, where intentional communities is part of the conversation. Um, and they also do the Green Home Tour and um, the Green Building Slam and Summit, and those are annual events that happen. They have chapters in Portland and Olympia, uh, Seattle, a co-chapter up in Bellingham with Sustainable Connections. And it started with a group of people, like-minded, getting together, yeah. having a conversation. Yeah. And actually, you have made a difference in my life. Every time I have you guys on the show, I learn something new. And I- I'm still learning, and we're all going to still learn. But uh, they have the classes uh, every month. Every month. Fourth and, Wednesday. And then how do you get to go to that? Uh, you can go to ecobuilding.org and onto their website calendar. Or they also post the events on Eventbrite. Um I will say that we are currently, this moment, transitioning our website. And I thought, gosh, that's bad timing because it could mean it's difficult to get there today or tomorrow. But then it should be beautiful once again. And the um, Facebook so if, page is And active. the Facebook page as well. And so if you can't find it on ecobuilding.org, you can find it on Eventbrite or Facebook. And it's $10? It's $10 for non-members. And then if you're a member? It's free. It's free. Yeah, we have all sorts of levels of membership from student and senior to single professional to small businesses and large business memberships. And where do I go to if I want to attend? This uh, this month's session is at the Seattle Central's Wood Technology Center. So it changes places? Uh, not well. We have traditionally always met at Finney Neighborhood Center, and. Um, there's some difficulties that have been rising from doing it there, and we were, we're looking for a little bit of a change-up, so we've been meeting more recently regularly at the Wood Technology Center, which is a great fit. Um, you know that They have students there learning about building, and so it's a really great opportunity for their students to extend their learning as well. Yeah. It's also more centrally located, mm-hmm. so they're, um, we're drawing in some 
some people who may not have made it up to Finney before, maybe you know people from the south end that can find their way to uh, Central more easily. And if you go to the Facebook page, I did see a, a, a large uh, description that was mm-hmm. a little bit more in, in depth than I thought it would be. It was just really like this is important to have uh, intentional communities, to bring people together, to bring permaculture into your life, which is well, per- permaculture. Permaculture is permanent agriculture. Um, so it's really setting up an agricultural system that will support itself and often is done as a food forest. So the food forest on Beacon Hill is a permaculture demonstration as well as being a place that you can go pick your own berries and, and food. Um, but what I thought was really interesting in the description about the event next week is that they're applying the idea of permaculture to housing or, or to living situations. So it's community permaculture. Do you, do you have the, the actual social, per, social, social permaculture? Social permaculture. Social. Yeah, so it's like taking the idea of, of a, a, a system that is synergistic and supports itself by all the different elements and applying that to a social situation. Which is very much like what you were talking about, Dina Marie, with you know people being there to help other people just with their daily well, interactions. Well, I it's Pack a Pride Guest Ranch. He's uh, Dave. Dave has been on my show many times, but he's the one where I went and volunteered uh-huh. for three or four days and is permaculture. So like okay. he told me how the worms and the chickens. Everyone's got their their little job to do. Right. So as I'm like digging up the chickens coming by me and the worms like looking, I'm like, no, don't eat me, but <laughs> they all have jobs to do. <laughs> and then he's like, we keep the clover here because it keeps the bunnies fed. I keep the berries, blackberries here because it keeps the deer out and it keeps them fed. And everything that kind of looked like it's like this is not uh, the prettiest lawn, but it's 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 sustainable. And it, it's basically, he's got uh, alpacas, but I, I love going out there. You can visit anytime it's in Granite Falls, but Packer Pride Guest Ranch. And he just, he'll tour you and he'll show you how it's all done. And you can stay there actually, that people camp there. But it, I, Very you know, cool. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, I was really like, why don't you have a green lawn? Well, he says it's because that's in the olden days that proved you had money to burn. You see, uh-huh. it was like a throw in somebody's face. But now yeah. we know, but we don't need lawns. Lawns are not sustainable. No. No, there's other types of ground covers that are much more sustainable. It's so true. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take our last break. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. So are you interested in green building, energy efficiency, and sustainable practices? The Northwest Eco Building Guild is a 501c3 community of builders, designers, suppliers, and homeowners concerned with ecological building in the Pacific Northwest. The Guild empowers people through educational activities, classes, and events through the year. To learn more on how to go solar, conserve water, lower your energy bills, and create a healthy home environment, visit ecobuilding.org forward slash Seattle today. Aloha. Join me, Dina Marie, on the island of Kauai. Let me be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. You'll receive daily healing sessions and experience fun, interactive outings to some of my favorite places, sacred sites, secluded beaches, and sunrises that will lift your spirits. Go beyond the tour spots, meet fascinating locals, and leave with amazing memories. 
Retreats are based on your schedule and budget. For more information, visit liftyourspiritswithdinamarie.com. Join Misty Thompson, intuitive spiritual life coach and best-selling author, Sunday, July 28th, 5 to 7 p.m. at the East West Bookshop for her workshop, Using Your Intuition to Guide You Towards Healing. You will learn how to trust and believe that you too can use your intuition to guide you towards healing any part of your life. Tapping into your intuition takes practice, but when you do open yourself up, it can become transformative and a lasting way to heal. Register at eastwestbookshop.com. Tune in to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie every Friday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150. You will be introduced to fascinating people, discover fun places to visit, and be encouraged to participate in activities that will lift your spirits. For a schedule of upcoming guests, visit liftyourspiritswithdinamarie.com. For archive shows, go to 1150kknw.com. Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie is sponsored by Seattle Natural Awakenings Magazine. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie and myself, Laura Elfline, and Terry Phelan. Round two. Or three. I don't know what round we are in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> round three. Well, we're just talking about permaculture, and that's what the um, banana farmers are doing. They're going back to the way God intent, whatever you want to call it, Mother Nature, okay, intended it to be, right? Normally, we should be like um, hunters and gatherers. We shouldn't even have a house. <laughs> right? Well, who well, invented fences anyway? Well. Comfort is is nice. <laughs> I, I like the whole gathering and hunting. I just want to be on the road all the time. Were but... you just talking about your amazing bed a minute ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing you do appreciate when you get home. That's for sure. Yeah, man. You have the best of all the worlds. Well, let's see. Uh, you have some things coming up. Yes. In addition to the Radical Affordable Housing next week on Wednesday at um, Seattle Central's Wood Technology Center. We also have the following day, if you happen to be in Portland or know people in Portland or you're listening from Portland, the Eco Building Guild chapter down there is hosting the Fresh Air, Hot Water, High Performance Mechanical Systems Building Symposium. So it's a deep dive into those technologies. Um, it's a, maybe a little less average homeowner oriented it's during the day during the business day on thursday from noon to five i believe um and it's kind of a deep dive into techie stuff but it's really engaging really important things to learn both um and they do it from a single family residence standpoint as well as multi-family residents so something to learn there you can find more information about that also on ecobuilding.org or eventbrite that'd be a great place for Professionals to really geek out on the systems and yeah, learn the, the latest stuff. And students. And students. Oh, right. I think right. I, I didn't write down the location. I'm sorry. I, but it is, I think, at one of the universities or one of the colleges down there that um, because really getting students engaged at the ground level so that when they leave their education, they're not even thinking about things that aren't sustainable and high-performing. Yeah. Carbon reduction. <laughs> yes, please. Get back, get back to carbon neutral. Carbon neutral. But what does that mean? 
<laughs> I like to start it like that. <laughs> but what does it mean? <laughs> In a short few sentences, what does it mean for people that don't know? Well, carbon neutral is doing things in a way that um, you're not increasing the CO2 in the air. So either sequestering it in materials or doing things in a way that don't burn fossil fuels, um, because fossil fuels are one of the big contributors to CO2. Um, And we're kind of in this spiral right now that you know, if planting trees is a way to help sequester carbon and reverse uh, some of the effects of the ways that we've been living, that we and, need. And to. I like, like to bring up farmers markets because this is a perfect example of how to do that. All yeah. you do is go to your farmer in your community and you buy food. Yes, it it's grown have right to there. Be, it does not trucked in. No trucks. Yeah. Well, there's a car maybe, but yeah. it didn't come from Mexico or, you know, it didn't uh-huh. it didn't take a lot of fuel to get to your table. Right. right. I'm learning that about Hawaii, that a lot of their food, they could grow it all there, but they can't afford to. So they, they bring it in <laughs> to Hawaii. So, I'm, I'm, uh. I'm, you know, that's the whole thing. But you don't think like so buy in season, yes. buy in season in your, your, your community and you can change the world. Which watch your farmers market? It's berries now, and then you got your greens, and then at the end you got your roots and your your uh, melons or the uh, pumpkins. But yeah, you know the, the seasons, yeah, the seasons squash. no. But you know, then you freeze, and then you come back and you get your greens again. But in the end, you can't get berries year round, right? You're <laughs> not supposed you, to. You can't. Yeah. You, strawberries really should only be available in May and June. There you go. And you can find them in December because people want to make fruit salad for Christmas. But people that know and, and are sustainable will freeze them or they will can't or, you know, make jam or whatever. Mm-hmm. They That's how our grandparents used to do it. Right. <laughs> right. What would grandma do? Oh, <laughs> I love my grandma. WWGD uh-huh. in a different way. <laughs> and we can do the whole, like, how much do you really need? I know a lot of people have refrigerators full of food right now that basically... It's in the back. They haven't really taken the time. So I like to shop every other day or for that day and, and just walk in and not knowing what I'm going to eat. But I think it's really important to uh, eat less food I'm, or just buy less food because we're throwing a lot of it away anyways. Yeah. yeah. So we could be here for hours talking about that. <laughs> we could talk about that next time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but do go out there. You can't not go to a farmer's market. They're everywhere. And then you'll love it. And you can bring your kids. And it's one of the most fun. To the 20, uh, 21 acres which is yep, on your yep. uh, home tour or on yep. the tour, They're go check sponsors. them out today. They're in Woodenville. It's also a great way to meet other people in your community, talking about community and making those connections because your neighbors are probably shopping there too. Or if you eat a strawberry from Orcas Island in May or June or one from California in December, what do you think you're going to like better? Mm. It's going to taste so much different. You won't go back to the other ones because right. they don't taste right and they're too big and icky. So... That's all I have to say about berries. Okay. <laughs> all I have to say. But we are having the, the every year you have three events. Well, we have lots the big of ones. The home yeah. tour. Yeah. The home the Northwest Green Home Tour, which this year we expanded from just being in Seattle to Olympia and Tacoma. Uh, we host the Green Building Slam and Summit in the end of October here in Seattle. The slam is like TED Talks for green building. It's 10 really short and fantastic presentations about green building going on in our community. Uh, it's, it's a held, lot of fun. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, 
and that's held at Kane Hall. So you have like three, four hundred people all gathered to hear about exciting green building projects and the energy in the room is just amazing. Uh, and then that is followed the next day by some more technical workshops with the summit parts and um, diving deeper into some of the technologies that you might have heard about at the SLAM. You can hear um, more detail about the summit the next day. And it's not just technical. I remember mm. last year there was um, there was a presentation by a, a group of women um, builders who were training um, girls on building methods and just social equity workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about women in construction. Right. It was a fantastic presentation with Patty Southerd from Green County Green. King County Green Tools and Grace Wong and uh, Leah Misek and um, from Built Green at the time. And it was just really intense. Like, how do we get more diversity into construction and how do we get more women in construction and all the obstacles and how to overcome them? Yes, or I used to be a construction At least a beginning worker. conversation. I used to be a construction worker. Good for you. I used to drive a dump truck. <laughs> What all the jobs I had, but you make good money. That's how I bought my house, my first house. You know, why not? It was, in fact, women make better drivers. (laughs) That's that's what I hear. (laughs) I could be Uh, wrong, but (laughs) so yeah. And the the slam and the summit um, are participatory events. The slam, you do need to be a guild member to present at. They they choose ten different um, guild members, and they're projects to present there it's a, a juried selection it's a juried yeah. selection typically i think the last couple of years have been like 25 30 people who have applied and ten, the 10 best get selected mm-hmm. um but then this for the summit you don't need to be a guild member to present but you do it is also a juried selection so um and that is submission dates for both of those are august 12th so if you're interested in putting together a presentation for um, people that want to know more about different aspects of, of green building and social equity, um, you could put together a proposal for uh, a presentation at the summit. Yeah, one hour presentation. The slam presentations, again, are only 10 minutes, but and that's a really um, shorter proposal. And then the summit, um, those programs are about an hour um, sometimes they need a little bit longer, and so we've messed with schedule a little bit to accommodate those. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you can go to northwestgreen.org and find the application information there. And then soon we'll be telling you all about getting your tickets for those events. And what date is it this year? It is October 25th and 26th. I've gone twice. <laughs> I like it because I'm a yeah. social butterfly so there's food and 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 drinks Mm -hmm. and you run around and you meet people you leave with a lot of cards yeah (laughs) yeah i love when i go home and i put them on my table like who did what how many people did i talk to it is a very celebratory thing you think of like oh going to hear about green building it's gonna be sort of boring and edu- you know educational god forbid on a friday night <laughs> but it's not it's very celebratory the presenters all do a really great job of netting it out and telling great stories about their projects yeah. and so it just makes it really fun and engaging and it's hard to get people out have you end. either presented either yes of you? yes what'd you do oh i've presented about 10 times oh gosh <laughs> it's 
It's been going on for a lot of it's years. It's been going on for, I think, 14 years. And either me or one of my team members, one of my staff members, has presented for a majority of those years. What was your favorite thing to present? Where everyone stood up and clapped and they was, ah. I, I think the favorite was a net zero or net positive home in Yakima, which was a custom home. The clients were a dream to work with. We formed an integrated design team with the the builder and the mechanical um, designer and um, Ted Clifton, who is an energy specialist, and a couple other people. So we approached it from the very beginning with a team and were able to synergize, you know, all the things. So it cost, it didn't cost much more than a regular house to build, but it had all these special things in it. Um, and then from that team, we formed uh, the Leading Force Energy and Design Center in Yakima. I've been doing work in Yakima since I started business. Even though I'm based in Issaquah, I do a lot of work over in Yakima. I think so. it's booming there, isn't it? Yakima? There's there's a lot going on yeah. there, with especially with the wineries. Uh, yeah. um, it's a great place to visit. <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> and, and what's your business again? In case My business is you. Living Shelter Architects. And that's your website? LivingShelter.com. There you go. And did you, you presented? I have presented. What was your favorite thing? Oh, man. You know, I think it had, it's a tie between my first year presenting. I presented about our own home. And um, while that was terrifying, <laughs> uh, it was exhilarating, too, especially at the end. My then three-year-old twins came toddling up to the stage at the end because they were so excited to see their mommy up there talking to everybody. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> Gosh, they were only three. They then? were only I three. Remember They're that. thirteen it was now. The year. They're thirteen now. Ten years ago, and then most recently, last year, I was able to present with actually one of Terry's staff about a carbon neutral, um, detached auxiliary dwelling unit backyard cottage that we built together in Ravenna. And what's your contact? I am MightyHouseConstruction.com. And you both have Facebook pages. Yes. Yes. Sweet. So you can reach out to them, and I'll, I'll have the archive tomorrow. You can always share that. And I think you guys will be doing the third. Third Fridays. Third yep. Friday. And I'm going to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> not hit I-5. Gosh, five and a yeah. half years I've been driving here, and it's not, you know, that's why this is so important. What you guys are talking about, the carbon neutral, just, you know, alter, people were all alone in their cars. We, I ride the bus. I, I get on the bus and walk, and our buses are free, so I'm not even paying yeah. To go from uh, Muckleteo to Woodby Island, I can get all the way back home. Yeah, we just got to start thinking differently. We have to. Yeah. Yep. And then we won't be so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I was a little road I was going to get road rage until I got through, and then there was no traffic. And then I was fine. Then but you were fine. You're and I'm, I live on an island. I'm pretty, like, cool and, and mellow, but, you know, I was starting to feel it myself. So uh, the guild, one more time, the... Uh, Ecobuilding.org. Ecobuilding.org. Yeah. And come to our radically affordable housing presentation next Wednesday, the 24th at 630. Yay. Thank you for joining me, ladies. Come Thank back you. next week for more people, places, and activities that will lift your spirits. Breathing, <laughs> breathing the air. Set your intention.